0: So, uh, turn in your Bible, have your pizza in one hand and your Bible in your other hand. And, uh, we're gonna look at first, look at first Peter chapter 4. You know, uh, it's, it's one thing to suffer for our own fault. And, uh, one of the things, I don't know how you guys are, but, you know, there's a lot of, uh, videos and, you know, People doing stupid things, right? And uh, one of the things I kind of like to watch is... Uh, I watched a little bit yesterday on YouTube. It's like heavy equipment failures. You'll see a bulldozer, you know, fall off a truck and, you know, a bridge breakthrough. But the thing I don't like to watch is... If, you know, if there's a truck goes off the side of a mountain or something, I mean, you know that guy's dead. And I I really don't like to watch people get hurt. Even I mean, I see if somebody's lifting weights and, you know, you know something broke in there. And, uh, I just kind of flip past. I I mean, and it, it kind of haunts me. I mean, there's still some images I think of. I see a guy getting hurt and I just kind of cringe. So, but, uh, Job, our hero Job, is really suffering through no fault of his own. And if you'll look at uh, your handout, so I know you're looking at 1 Peter 4, but look at your handout as well. I, I always put uh, Job 13.15 at the top because Job's uh, mantra is, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. He, nothing is going to detour Job. And so if we learn nothing else, we need to have some spiritual stamina, some spiritual grit, uh, you know, uh, the lord the lord told uh i don't know if you ever thought about this i know moses told joshua several times be strong and of good courage he just kept telling him be strong and of good courage and uh at the end of joshua joshua tells some other people to be strong and of good courage he needed that other people needed that we need that and uh the 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 second verse I put at the top of your handout, it's a memory verse in our discipleship lessons. Second yeah, Timothy three twelve, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, let me ask you, why is that? You know, you would think. Human thinking is, if I'm doing right, I'm serving the Lord, things ought to go well. But but right there it says, if you're living godly, you're going to suffer persecution. Well, why do you think that is? What do you think, Belinda?
1: Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay. We don't want people to come to know the Lord. Yeah. We want them...
0: Yeah, there's some testing, some opposition comes. If if you step out and start doing right, the devil's not not happy about that. So we're gonna press you back down, infiltrate the church, all those do-gooders, get their testimony messed up or cancel their mission out. Well see, Christianity's not true. You know, there's all these hypocrites. What else can you think of? Why why would you suffer for living godly?
1: Because you're going against the majority.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even just going against the flow is difficult. And
2: and God uses suffering to help refine
0: us. Yeah, yeah. There's a refining there. And, uh, you know, just my experience, I think at least three people in jail or prison have told me Coming to jail was the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. And I've had at least one man uh, tell me that getting cancer was the best thing that happened to him. It's like wow. And and, and you know sometimes I, I tell other people, uh, you know, they're going through a hard time. I, I, I'll tell them, you know, uh, you know, if if this is what it took to get you on the straight and if this is what it took. For you to, you know, live for the Lord, then it was worth it. And uh, so I've actually told people that. But look, look at First uh, Peter four. We're there. Um, I've got a brother that sends me some verses every day. First uh, Peter four verses twelve and thirteen. Uh, Emmett, would you read those for us? Sure. Here, but it has got it. I <laughs> love it.
2: stranger, strange concerning our child which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed you may be blessed also to enjoy
0: Hmm. and uh, you you know uh, the Bible says that Christ uh, endured the cross. He, he despised the shame, but he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And so, when you suffer for living godly, for when you when you suffer, there's a there's a way that you're partakers with Christ suffer. You, you identify with Christ's suffering. When you suffer for no fault of your own and, and we've all done, uh, stupid things and gotten hurt or, you know, if you drink bleach, you're gonna suffer, right? You're, you're, that's, uh, what are, what are you thinking, Melinda? Well,
1: for a seasoned Christian, we can find a hmm For a baby Christian, it's not some fall away maybe so the, the, the parable was the um, seed and to fell on the rocky ground
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah yeah in time of in time of uh, persecution they they fell away they...
3: <clears throat> you can love people that just can't get their life together and that hurts people that you know aren't Well, they're suffering for that person more or less. I see. Because of how How much they care,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember the story. uh, I think Pastor Jeff Adams told it. He he uh, he was in El Salvador during a time of. Uh, revolution or some kind of war in El Salvador. I think the capital is San Salvador. Does that sound right? Yep. And uh, I think it was there. That I think he witnessed this personally. That I think maybe you know there, during a wartime there's kind of curfew where you're not supposed to be on the streets and. love. And there was, yeah, there was, I think, a group of missionaries and they had car trouble, they didn't make it back before curfew, and one of the missionaries got shot and killed, and anyway, the wife I think the next day and I think it may have even been friendly fire or something they didn't know these people they're out after curfew they got shot and killed and but the wife of the deceased man came out just a day or two later and and openly forgave the the people that shot her husband and you know those those stories really moved me but you know she's obviously suffering, but I think there was one, or I think maybe the person that shot her husband came to Christ, and so there was just really good that came from it. So uh, anyway, I don't know what reminded me of that story, but let, let's open our Bibles to Job, chapter 18, and so we're making our way through the poetry, the the wisdom book of Job. And we're up to chapter 18. We're covering one chapter per week. And uh, I think the only other announcement that Brian had, before I forget it, is uh, he has canceled tonight's uh, prayer time, but he, he moved it to right after church. So I think right after church, in the armor bearers room, is a prayer meeting instead of a service tonight. So, I know he moved our pastors' meeting up to 4 o'clock so we can be done in time for the Super Bowl. And so he's trying to accommodate uh, people who watch the game. And so, uh, anyway, I wanted you to know that if, if you're able to and you want to stay and pray, uh, that'll be right after church in the armor bearer room. So, Job 18. If somebody would read the first four verses, uh, Pam, let's uh, catch you with your mouth full, I'm sorry.
3: Okay. Then after Bildad the height and said, how long will it be there? you make an end when going to shut up?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
3: Mark and afterward we will see. Wherefore are we counting as
0: beast
3: mm. and he vile in your sight and he, teareth, and he teareth himself in his anger and shall the earth be forsaken for thee and shall the rock be removed out of its place
0: thank you Yeah. so we are, <clears throat> we are in the second round of conversation or dialogue or argument Uh, With Job's three friends, Uh, and the second uh, person that talks is Bildad the Shuite, and we said that uh, some of his argument is based on tradition. And uh, verse two may be an example of that. In a way, he's saying, you know, Job, you need to mind your manners. It's our turn to talk now. You need to be quiet, like like Pam said. And so Bildad kind of has some fiery comments here. And then he says in verse 3 that, uh, Wherefore, why are we counted as beast and uh, reputed, vile in your sight? And he says that based on some of the things... Uh, it, sometimes it's hard for me to pick this up on my own, but look back to chapter 17 and in Verse 4. Uh, Job is speaking here. He says, for thou, thou hast hid their heart from understanding. Therefore shalt thou not exalt them. He's saying that, uh, Job, Job is telling his friends, you're like wild beast. You don't have understanding. And so that's why Bildad says, why are you counting us as beast? And then even if you go back to Job 12 and verse 7, uh, Job says something similar here in Job 12:7. He says, "But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee; and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee." And he he's saying, you know, you guys could learn a lot from just the beast and the birds. Because uh, they, they could teach more than you guys. So there's reasons why Bildad is saying what he's saying here in chapter 18. But then he says in verse 4, and and I think this is how this would look. is If, if I'm arguing with Angie, if I've got an issue with her... I might look at you guys and say, "Why is she, you know, angry and tearing herself?" And Bill Dad's kind of like that. He's like, uh, "So far, life as he te- he teareth himself in his anger. He's so mad he's doing harm to himself." And so he's kind of looking at his friends there, and and then he kind of makes this outlandish statement here that I think there's more to it than meets the eye. Shall the earth be forsaken for thee, Job? Question mark. And shall the rock be removed out of his place? And so, uh, the, the thing that, uh, in fact, look back at Job 14 for just a minute. And Belinda, I'll have you read this. Uh, Angie, can you give me a water? <clears throat> Job 14 and verse 18. It says almost the exact same thing the falling rock And uh, so this rock being removed out of his place in 184 shall the rock be removed out of his place? So almost the exact same wording. and uh, there's a question mark there. And it's almost like Bildad is saying, Job, do you expect God to change planet Earth for you? And uh, the thing that I think is kind of ironic, and I I put a map up here, and uh, if you can see it very well, but uh, you know, we we believe that uh, Job lived uh south of you know south of Jerusalem in Israel in the land of Edom and specifically around this place of Petra and uh what do you think Petra might mean Rock it means rock doesn't it and so uh So, so it's just, I think it's very instructive when Bildad is asking, are you going to move the, will God come down and move the rock out of His place? I mean, God can do that. Didn't Jesus say, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you know, you can tell this mountain be removed? And so, God is going to move mountains and He will uh, cause earthquakes and, and rocks to be moved out of His place. So that was what I had you put in your first blank there, just the word rock. And uh, I don't really know more than that, but I just think the, the wording is very instructive. And yeah,
2: it is where the, you know, where the tribulation Jews are going to run through. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Job's name means one persecuted and he's in this place where the Jews will be during the their time in the wilderness and the tribulation. So uh this next section kind of goes uh more prophetically. But my teaching point here is I I really struggled with what to title this. You know, what can we learn from this section? And I put that Bill Dad could benefit from the Golden Rule in Matthew seven twelve. So the word golden. And what is the Golden Rule? What, what is what do we what, what do we typically Why do we what does that say in Matthew seven twelve? Do unto others. Yeah, that's almost word for word, Pam. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Platinum Rule... Oh, yeah. Have you? Are
1: you making that
0: up? Um, I've actually heard this somewhere. But in Philippians 2 3, it says to esteem others better than self. So if Christ said, you know, do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you, and then Paul said, really, we need to esteem others better than ourselves. That's why it's called the Platinum Rule. It's a little more valuable, I guess. So anyway, Bill Dad uh, did not want. Uh, you know, he really didn't follow the golden rule there, and certainly not the platinum rule.
1: Philippians.
0: It's on the yeah, Philippians two three. Mm-hmm. So this next section here. Um, Philip, do you want to read 5 and 6 for us? Are you there in Job 18, 5 and 6?
2: we will be there in a short Job 18, 5 and 6? Yeah. Well, that's what it starts with. Yeah, the light of the wicked shall be put out, and the spark of the fire shall not shine. The light shall be dark in his tabernacle, and... His candle shall be put out with
0: him. Okay, so this is where uh, some prophetical words come into play. And uh, right here it talks about the wicked. And, you know, historically, this is talking about Joe, or. you know, Bildad is implying Job. You know, he's saying, "Job, this is what happens to the wicked. You know, their light's going to be put out." And so he he's he's talking to Job, but but in the New Testament, I want us to look up in Second Thessalonians because in Second Thessalonians it's a reference to the Antichrist, and he's called that wicked that and uh so hold your place here and if let's all look at the second Thessalonians according to Wikipedia is a name the <laughs> of... <laughs> Wikipedia All right, second Thessalonians chapter 2 and we'll just read verses 8 and 9 uh, Jim you want to read
2: those? <laughs> and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and so the, this ver, the, the word
0: wicked is capitalized in, in this passage And so it's it's like a personification of wickedness. And verse nine added that that when the, when that wicked person comes and is revealed, he uh, he's after the working of Satan. Uh, it, it kind of implies that Satan is going to enter into him, just like he did with Judas Iscariot. And he'll be a personification of an antichrist, the that wicked. And so that is, uh, you know, and isn't it amazing that you know th- this book of Job, you know, was written nearly eighteen hundred years before Christ, and we live two thousand. I mean, this is nearly a four thousand year old document that we're reading. And it's just so relevant and we're much closer to the fulfillment of some of these words than when it was written. So uh, I, I gave you some other examples there of, you know, the light going out for the wicked in Proverbs. and uh, But the light is on for the righteous. And then uh we know that God is light, and uh he gives us his light via the word. Uh, I, I like that uh well, I I put Psalm one nineteen one oh five, you know, thy word is a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But uh Psalm one nineteen verse one thirty also says the entrance of thy word giveth light. And uh you know maybe maybe in here maybe in your own reading we even say that boy just the light came on i really got it. I, I was enlightened and so when we you might even say it's kind of a an aha moment oh that's what that means okay god illuminated that it was dark to me i didn't understand or comprehend it but now i do so uh any other thoughts about that. Uh, verses 5 and 6 it even talks about uh, the tabernacle that Phil read and his candle shall be put out with him so Bildad is kind of prophesying against Job but in essence it, it misses the mark but it, it uh, is very meaningful for the Antichrist and in uh, verse 7 Angie would you read 18.7
1: the steps of his strength shall be straightened and his own counsel
0: shall cast him down. Yeah. Uh, so in, on your hand I just put the steps of the wicked shall be straightened and his own counsel traps him. And that's what Proverbs 131, it says that uh, you reject the counsel of the Lord, you'll, you'll be filled with your own devices. You, you reject the, the Spirit of God and 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 uh, he'll reject you, and you'll get filled with your own devices. And then uh, verses 8, 9, and 10, uh, Emmett, if you read those.
2: For he is cast into a net by his own feet, and walketh upon the snare. The gent shall take him by the heel, and the robbers shall prevail against him. Snare
0: is laid for him in the ground, and trap for him. Yeah. So there's several things there. This uh, net and snare and gin and I mean, I, I think of a net with you know fishing net, you know, that, it, it traps the fish. But uh, you know, there's also nets that can be laid in you know the jungle and you know trap. Uh, even birds and butterfly, you take a net, but uh, so that's a little more explanatory. And I forget, I think it was the snare I was reading, it has to do more with like a rope. And I tried to make these when I was a little kid, uh, it was like a turkey trap, and uh, I had a bow and arrow. It was like a 40-pound bow. So I would bend this bow, and I'd put this stick, and I'd I put this rope, and I was mainly just playing with it. I don't think I ever set it out in the forest, but I was reading this Indian book, and I was trying to figure out how to trap a turkey. But you've probably all seen that in movies, at least, where you step in a rope, and you trip something, and you you get slung up by... So I, I think of that maybe with a snare. And then, uh, this gin, the thing I was reading on it, it said it's more like a metal trap, like, like a foot trap for a bear or, you know. Or a
1: cattle chute.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's a metal, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a working chute for cattle, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, you gotta have a way to trap them, hold those big animals. And then the trap, uh, it said that it's like a, a pit that you would dig, maybe, and you know an animal would fall into it and couldn't climb out or something like that. But uh, all these, uh, there's an example in the Bible, and I want us to to read this. Is uh, this is what goes in your blank? This guy named Haman. <coughs> Because it so fits the Antichrist. He helped the king make a decree to kill all the Jews in the land, all in the province, in this book of Esther. So let's look at Esther. And we're going to look at chapter 5. And let's see. Esther's right before Job, isn't it? Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Okay. I've kind of got to say him. Uh, yeah, if you can read the
1: 514. Then he said the his wife, and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet and the thing pleased Haman and he caused
0: the gallows to be made yeah so so I want you to kind of think about this so he makes this gallows like to hang he hates Mordecai because he won't bow down to him because Mordecai is a Jewish man that only worships Jehovah God and uh, Haman wanted him to bow down to him and he wouldn't do it and so he makes, he's, he's plotting this plan, he's setting the trap, and he's actually making the trap, and then go over to Esther 7. So this is a, a, a few days later, in 7 verses 9 and 10. Why don't you read them also, uh, Belinda? 7 verses 9 and 10.
1: Um, in Esther?
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't know how to say that guy's name.
1: Okay, um, chapter 7, verse 9 to
0: 10.
1: And, and Habernah, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold, also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman hath made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king standeth in the house of haman then the king said hang him thereon so they hanged haman on the gallows that he had prepared for mordecai then was the king's wrath wrath pacified
0: yeah, so this is a, just an amazing story if we rate all the events, but in essence he made this net, this snare, this gin, this trap for his arch enemy uh, Mordecai. And because of Haman's own wickedness, the trap that he made for somebody else, uh the king hung him on his own on his own trap. That's a question. Uh huh.
1: Do you think it is a sin for a person to that you're having conflict with to pray that they would fall into the snare that they've made? For them?
3: Hmm.
0: That's a good question. I. I'd say that's a last resort. Uh, if this, I, there's a there's a term in Psalms. It's they're called precatory Psalms, where David prays against his enemies. And I, I guess I would say only do that if the person that you're having conflict with is doing harm to the Lord. I mean, make it a a righteous indignation. If they're just mad at you, that's that's one thing. But if if they're truly against the Lord, you know, we can pray against God's enemies. I, I guess would be the way I would answer that. That makes sense. Or anybody got any other comments?
3: Well, there's an old poem called "The Hound of Heaven," uh-huh. and I've been known to pray, "Get them all, whatever it takes." <laughs> I do tell a
1: certain person. I said, "You cannot." You need to talk, stop talking this way about that person. Mm. God's hand is bigger than yours. Mm. But then on the flip side, I'm praying with, you know, that the Lord would take on the downs so that huh. the situation is handled, mm. which mm. would be the
3: hound of heaven. Yeah, or jail time. Mm. Yeah. But we always think if somebody's really having it bad, you know that they that they've done something against the Lord, mm. because you know when the Kennedys started getting in all kinds of trouble and getting shot mm. and all that, mm. people thought, I wonder what they're up to." That mm. God's kind of taking their mm-hmm. hand, oh, his hand away from them and letting mm. the family really, <laughs> yes.
0: Mm. Well, you think that, well, somebody's that. Right. Well, we we do, and that that I mean, really, that's Job's friend's thesis. There, mm-hmm. all this happened to you, Job, because you're got some wicked sin that you're hiding, and uh, and sometimes it's true, but sometimes it may not be true. Maybe. But you
1: have to have the fruits of the
0: spirit. Yeah. You shall know them by their fruit. Yeah yeah you can't really know the heart, but and uh I shared one thing. I reached out to a guy that came to our meetings for a while, and he's actually uh anyway and and he he texted me back and sent me a picture he says i'm in the hospital i I broke my leg and and it just kind of added up, you know, you're not in church, you're, you know, you know, living with your girlfriend, you know, this, these things, uh, I'm like, well, maybe God's trying to get your attention. And so I, I kind of judged him like what you're saying, at least the outward appearance. And, you know, before long, he texted me, said, yeah, I, I relapsed and this happened and I know I'm not doing right. And he kind of got honest. So in that case, you know it i think uh what what is it they say you know they're they're in, in Matthew seven you're saying by their fruits you know them you can't you can't judge people's heart, but you can't be a fruit inspector, I guess, so those are things that I've heard anyway well let, let's uh continue on here uh philip do you do you want to read verse eleven for us uh, eighteen eleven
2: Terror shall make him afraid on every side and shall drive him to his feet.
0: Yeah, you know, this this thing about terrors, uh, and in essence, Bildad is saying the wicked person—that's what's going to happen to him. Terrors are going to take hold. You know, eventually, God's going to say enough's enough, and terrors are going to make him afraid on every side and drive him to his uh, his feet. It says, but. uh Paul says something similar in the New Testament. In the 2 Corinthians 5.11, he says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And uh, the context there in 2 Corinthians is the judgment seat of Christ. And Paul is considering that uh, he, he, we're all going to stand, all Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And right after that he says. Knowing the terror of the lord he he said it's going to be terrifying to stand there and give an account uh, for the things we've done in this body and he says he says that is prompting me to persuade men uh, to be uh, saved. Uh, hold on to a second but a the thing I wanted to mention about this word persuade is just uh Abraham, do, do you remember the context when God told him that you and Sarah are going to have seed you 're going to have children at, at an old age It says that Abraham was fully persuaded and uh, to, to, to me this this is the definition of faith uh, if we truly uh, this word persuade has to do with believing. And, and having faith, like you said there, uh, Belinda. So anyway, that's what I had you put in your blank. So uh Bill Dad is saying the wicked person terrors are gonna take hold of him, but uh in the New Testament we we need to have kind of a a vision of the judgment seat of Christ. And we don't want uh, others to be lost. and we, we want. That's kind of the premise of discipleship. Is to edify and help them grow. Others to grow. And, you know, this right here is a form of discipleship, isn't it? We're hopefully our faith being fortified. We're looking at Scripture maybe in a different light and uh, seeing some things. Hopefully the Lord speaking to us. But, Melinda, you had another comment or question.
1: I don't know where it is in the Scriptures. It says to be wise of the serpent and calmness of the day. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you have to like or... <laughs> And lead them into...
0: Um... Yeah, yeah, there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, kind of tact and wisdom that uh, we, I mean, I was kind of blunt with my friend uh, about being in the hospital and, but, you know, sometimes you, you need some bluntness too, but yeah, there can be a, hopefully it was done in love and um, harmless as a dove, that, that's a good word, so all right this last section here the longer section verses 12 through 21 in uh, 12 and 13 jim uh, 18 12 and
2: 13 his strength shall be hunger bitten and destruction shall be ready at her side or his side it shall devour the strength of his skin even the firstborn of death shall devour his strength uh,
0: yeah. No, that that's fine. I mean, we don't we don't we don't really use that word hunger bitten, but we we do use the word uh, frost bitten, don't we? We it, it's so cold. I remember a football game we played in the snow, and you know your cleats don't have any insulation, and so. Uh, it was so cold you know, once I got in the shower after the game, I mean, it hurt just to, for hot water to hit my, I, that's about as close as I ever got to being frostbitten. Um uh, but anyway, uh, hunger bitten would be, uh, I mean and destruction it has it has to do I mean all this section has to do with the coming tribulation, because remember uh, in revelation it, it talks about no man can buy or sell except they have the mark of the beast and it even it even says that uh, it doesn 't rain during the days of those two witnesses prophecy it 's twelve hundred and sixty days, so there 's like a, a worldwide famine and uh, the government's probably rationing food and you have to have the mark to buy or sell and uh, so anyway uh, there'd be people in hunger and uh, there's destruction going on so all that is pretty descriptive of the coming tribulation but but then he mentions this firstborn of the dead and and uh, I'm a little bit... Uh, maybe confuse myself but I, I'm kind of speculating that that is the devil the first, uh, you know Christ is called the firstborn among many brethren and he is the firstborn uh, from the dead but this is the firstborn of death and uh, anyway that, that's what I had you put in your blank I don't know, is there any other thoughts about that? I'm not, I forget even now what I was reading from others, but I had that a note in my Bible and that just seems to be... I think the references I gave you there, the Exodus 12 is where the death of the firstborn happened uh, by the destroying angel that the Lord sent. And then the Hebrews 2.14 is where Christ uh, was uh, conquered death. So anyway, I don't think this is a reference to the Lord. I believe it is. The devil, I don't know. Yeah, it
2: went fit. <coughs> the Holy Trinity and uh, Judas being brought back from his place, you know, at the right time. And okay. Entering, entering back into
0: it all. Yeah, that's what I'm... Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, good. I'm just a little unsure on some of this. And then in uh, 14 and 15, uh, Angie, would you read those?
1: His confidence shall be rooted out of his tabernacle, and it shall bring him to the king of terrors. It shall dwell in his tabernacle, because it is none of his. Brimstone shall be scattered upon his
0: habitation. Now it mentions this king of terrors, and I, I gave you a couple references, but look over at Job 41. We're here in Job, but it also calls the devil a king. So I had you put "king" in your blank, but look at Job forty-one. And I think he's king of the children of pride here. Maybe you can read that too, Angie. Uh, Job forty-one, thirty-four.
1: He beholdeth all high things; he is a king over all the children of pride.
0: Yeah, so you know the devil, as Lucifer, was lifted up because of his beauty and his wisdom and his so he was a very uh, really pride is uh, maybe what we would call the original sin when he was expelled from heaven and cast down and it says that this chapter 41 is a description of leviathan and it says that he Beholdeth all high things, and he is king over all the children of pride. And so we know that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He hates a proud look. Uh, and uh, all those things... And so anyway, back here in Job 18, he's called the king of terrors. And so I had you put king in your second blank. And then it mentions the word brimstone. I think that, yeah, verse 15. And uh, I didn't know this, but I guess brimstone is an actual stone and it it doesn't really smell until it gets hot. When it gets hot, then it smells like sulfur. And so that's what God says that God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. And I gave you the reference for that. And it's also mentioned in the in the tribulation period. Uh, a reference to uh, brimstone. It, it's in Revelation 19:20. So, but that's what the word brimstone means is burning stone. Brim it came from a word brine, and somehow that means burning. I don't know. And then verses 16 and 17, back in Job 18. Uh, Emmett, do you want to read those? 16 and 17?
2: His roots shall be dried up beneath, and above shall his branch be cut off. His remembrance shall perish from the earth, and he shall have no name in this greed.
0: Yeah, now this is, to me, this is kind of the highlight of of this chapter. This, So basically, Bildad is telling Job, you're wicked. You know, you're going to be rooted out. There's going to be no remembrance of you. And here we are, 4,000 years later, we're still talking about Job, right? So Job was not that wicked. He He is the good guy here. And so... Uh, we'll even see that. You know, Job wants to, he wants to be remembered and have things written in a book, and God honors Job's prayer. So the very opposite happened. Uh, and you know, I, I was thinking of this. I, I bet probably nobody in here, including myself, can tell you who played in last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> Jim Jim probably knows. (laughs) Go back five years. Ten years. You know. A couple of years ago was the Chiefs. Yeah, a couple of years ago the Chiefs were in it. But anyway, you know, and that, I mean, when I get too into sports or things and I get disappointed, then it affects, you know, if, if I'm, Mentally, mentally bummed out about something. I just know I'm putting too much attention towards it. So, you know, I told Angie, you know, come Monday morning, we're still going to be married. (laughs) It's, you know, it's just another day. (laughs) No, not that big a deal.
1: Big
0: Macs and buy one get one. You buy, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's so a Monday. Oh, I don't know
0: that. If there's a sack, how how does it go? If if our player, yeah, if we sack a quarterback, and you, you buy one get one free Big Mac. Get
2: one
0: free. At all of Kansas City McDonald's. Oh, uh, well, Yeah. Well, I can't eat two Big Macs, but so I don't think I've. You want to share one? Yeah, I should have. I should. Big Brian Parrott does that. I know he he capitalized on that.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, anyway, you think about things that are important the Word of God and the souls of men, you, you do remember those. And that's one of the things I, I like about mission trips. You know, we're going to the Dominican Republic uh, this year. And, you know, I. I why? Why am I going? I mean, I want to grow. I want to see souls saved. I want to see the kingdom furthered. You, you know, you have. Those are things that you know. Eternity will, that will matter in eternity, right? And, you know, I, I've, you know, sometimes I look back on some of my notes. And I don't even remember teaching that, but you know. The word of God, you know, it doesn't return void, and it does accomplish what He sets it out to do. And so, uh, anyway, these these are the things that are eternal. These are things that matter.
3: Well, when well, I was talking to Sharon early on on uh, Tuesday or, Thursday, or on Thursday, she had her car worked on. And so we came over, we swam, and then we came over and worked on Bibles, and then we went out to lunch together. I had a chance to visit with her pretty good, and she says to me... How many people died in that earthquake in Kuala yeah. in 1976 mm-hmm. oh. and I said, well, and I don't remember, but I got a phone and so we looked it up and it was 23,000 people wow. because oh, wow. it wasn't in the big city. It was out in the country and all the little mud huts went down. But it was a 7.5. Huh. I don't remember things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even remember about a huh. an earthquake in Guatemala in the '70s.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. Mm-hmm. You're you're saying the earthquake this week around Syria? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Lebanon? Yeah. And it's up around 20,000 deaths now, isn't it? No.
3: So. Yeah, it is. It is sad, but when the earth op- opens up, you've got nowhere to go. Yeah, like a tornado or something like that. Uh
0: huh.
3: But you know, when they pull those little kids out alive and stuff, you're thinking, well, they probably didn't do anything to deserve that. Uh
0: huh. Yeah.
2: Come there, getting
0: yeah. Get them. Or, there's a lot of those things, those why questions, yeah. Pam. That <coughs> What about Habakkuk?
2: That's the book, the book of why. I love the book about Habakkuk. Yeah. It talks about why do things happen. I mean, it's, huh. it's like three chapters, and he just, it's just, it's really good
0: book.
2: Huh. Why are things the way they are?
1: huh did I go to had to, why did God have, he paid the price first his hands and sent his son to take her uh-huh.
2: to <laughs>
0: Huh.
3: Well, we can ask why forever
0: yeah yeah, we can
3: it just slows you down
0: we'll, we'll look at uh, verse 18 I think that's where we're at uh, Pam is that you?
3: He shall be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world.
0: Now, uh, the thing I combined there, uh, driven to darkness and chased out of the, the world. And, you know, hell is described as being outer darkness. And so that uh, he was driven... Uh, to darkness and ca- chased out. So this uh, outer darkness, the Antichrist, will be driven into darkness and chased out of this world. And uh, i give you some references there that that is a description of, of hell. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but um, I mean, I'm not really scared of the dark, but uh Everywhere I go, I carry a flashlight. I, I mean, part of it is for my job. You know, I'm working above the ceiling and different things, but uh, it really bothers me if I can't see well. And, of course, I wear glasses so I can read the small print. But um, anyway, this thing about darkness is... Uh, I mean, that's a very frightening thing to spend eternity in outer darkness, isn't it? And so we, we don't wish that on on, on anyone. Uh,
3: verse, you have that cave that we're in, you know, where you just yeah. you can't see your hand in front of your face, you know. It's not... Yeah. I mean, when we have a dark room, it's just not the same
1: as like yeah. that kind of dark.
0: It has to be... So Angie's saying we were we went to that cave down by Springfield one time. Well we did that's in Silver Dollar City, isn't it? Fantastic caverns. We went to Fantastic Caverns. It's a little long time tram that takes you back to the back of the cave. It's like a quarter mile back in the earth.
3: I went through Mammoth Cave with my
0: daughter. Did you? Like walking?
3: Yeah,
0: like walk. And uh, with flashlights and everything, or has it got electricity?
3: They have uh, lights there, and they turn them off. Yeah. And then when they turn them on, you walk so far, and then they turn them off Ah. behind you. Ah. But sometimes they turn them off. So you can't see anything. Yeah, and you know if you're in your house or something and it's dark, that's one thing. But if you're in a cave and you really don't know, yeah, there, yeah, if there's a bigger pit coming up, yeah,
0: that's what Angie said. They they did the same thing. They turned off the lights in the back, and it was
3: it's just a different kind of dark.
0: You could almost feel it. Yeah. Um, in verse twenty. Uh, now verse 19. Uh, Belinda.
1: He shall neither have son nor nephew among his people, nor any remaining in his dwellings.
0: Now, uh, that, that's a pretty big slam because Job had all his children die in, in chapter 1. And so this is a very sharp... Comment you know you're not going to have any descendants <coughs> remaining, and actually that is a prophecy of the antichrist and i put uh I put isaiah fourteen there uh, yeah, why don't you. I think that's right after the fall of Lucifer, Isaiah 14. Isaiah mm-hmm.
1: 22. For I will rise up against them, says the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon the name and
0: remember, and send them to the Lord. So it even mentions Nephi there, doesn't it? So it's. Similar, Cut off from Babylon the name and remembrance, a remnant, and son and nephew, saith the Lord. So, <clears throat> anyway, a lot of this is uh, prophetical. And uh, back to Job 18, verse 20. Phil, you want me to skip you, brother? You Are you reading along with us? I am. Uh, 1820. Couldn't tell if you were... 1820.
2: They that come after him shall be astounded at his day, as they that went before were of Yeah,
0: so I think this his day... It could be a reference to the day of the Lord, the coming of Christ, and that astonished or astonied, uh, you know, his followers are going to be astonied like a stone, become stone-like, and uh, in their in their fear. So I don't know if that's a reference to the followers of the Antichrist uh, once they see uh, the day of the Lord is where. You know, the devil and Antichrist are, are cast down, and uh, so it, it's fearful. The fearful day of the Lord brings about the end of the Antichrist, I put. So uh huh. So you're saying
1: the
0: Lord is going to cast Satan into the lake of fire before you? No, I think that's at the end of the millennium, but. Uh... I'd have to read my references there. Yeah, yeah, you're
2: right. Uh, the of hell just put in the lake of fire.
0: Yeah.
1: So, they gets cast into the lake of fire and then the unbelievers, they get their judgment?
0: You know, let's table that because we're going to do kind of a... You know, we're, we are... A, <clears throat> uh, we believe in dispensational, you know, the rapture, uh, judgment seat of Christ, the tribulation period, the second coming of the Lord, and that's Armageddon, and then that ushers in a millennium, and then at the end of the millennium, uh, Satan is loosed out of the bottomless pit for a little season, and... Uh, and then uh, then the Lord uh, throws him into the lake of fire and eternity starts again. Yeah. That's so that, a
2: D2 I could probably teach that part.
0: Yeah. That's one thing I was going to talk to you about, Belinda. I think you've been discipled, haven't you, through Discipleship 1. I'd like to see you do D2 maybe this fall. Uh, not to really put you on the spot in front of everybody but that was one thing I was thinking for you might be a good next step and they do teach uh, you know the end times in, in that fashion but
1: Isn't there a step in between
0: two? nope nope you're, you're eligible I think that I mean you're, you're a learner I can tell you're a learner that's kind of why I'm suggesting it because I think you would want to do it and like to do it and all you gotta do is sign up, it it's free, so There's
1: a how to disciple class, but that's not in the
0: Yeah. I, I think if you wanted to disciple someone else, we might want you to go through the how to disciple class. Yeah, but that just started last Wednesday. Yeah, that just that just started on Wednesday. So Well let's finish this here. We got three minutes, uh verse twenty one. I put the destiny of the wicked. Do you want to read 21?
2: Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked. And this is the place of him that knoweth not God.
0: So this this chapter concludes that these things are going to happen to the wicked, not only the Antichrist, but everyone that knows not God. If if people don't know the Lord, and that's why I put the 723 of Matthew, is many come to uh, Christ in that day and say, Lord, we haven't we uh, done these wonderful things in your name? And he says... Uh, Uh, I never knew you. So it's really a fearful thing for uh, you not to know God and He doesn't know you. Yeah,
3: I think that's one of the scariest verses.
0: Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And uh, I used to go to jails and prisons with a guy. And that was the verse he used for believing in eternal security. Because the Lord didn't say... You know, I once knew you and now I don't. He says, I never knew you. He would say, if I did know you, I, you would still be saved. You know, I'm not going to cast you out of my hand. And that was his verse he used for eternal security, that uh, the Lord never knew them. So I put in my hand uh, my last teaching point, just as the devil possessed Judas Iscariot, so the devil shall possess the Antichrist, which means to uh, dwell in his tabernacle. That's what, uh, that's what I put in your last blank is just the word dwell.
2: <clears throat>
0: and that, that's a pretty wild thing to think that the Satan enters into a person. But, uh, we have the Lord that indwells us through his Holy Spirit. And so we, we understand a little bit of the spiritual understanding there. So anyway, thanks thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us online. Hope your Dottie's doing okay. We'll uh, end in prayer here. I'm going to kill my mic.